everyone. Quarantine 2020. Here we are. And I decided it was back to talking about how terrible my dating life is as opposed to all my Instagram drama that I've been dealing with. Okay. So I know um, on... One of the last episodes, I was going to talk about long-distance relationships and if they can actually work out. And surprise, the one I was in didn't work out. So there's the answer to that. (laughs) So there goes that episode. Um, Maybe uh, down the road... I'll go into further detail of my experience, but right now I feel like it's important to talk about mental health uh, in a relationship, especially now. Everyone right now in the world is experiencing the same thing, some sort of Emotional turmoil, anxiety, panic uh, due to this pandemic, the coronavirus. Um, So today I'm going to discuss how my long-distance person severely emotionally abused me with a technique called gaslighting. And I've never heard of this term before. I've never experienced it before. So gaslighting means uh, to manipulate someone by psychological means that makes the person being gaslit, gaslighted, the victim, (laughs) question their own sanity, which is exactly what happened to me. Hold your gasps and hold your what the fucks. Because I know what you're thinking. Um, How can someone as outspoken and as strong-minded as you let this happen? You're such a bitch. How did you let this happen? I mean, it it was so sneaky and so sly, I didn't realize that it was actually happening to me. Um, 
I remember, uh, we'll call this person Jack. So we don't use real names and crybabies start being crybabies. Anyway, um, Jack and I's first argument back in November, um, when the relationship started to get serious and blossoming, he expressed to me that he felt the need to compete with my Instagram followers, which if you've been following me for several years, or if you know me in real life, you know that that statement is laughable. I barely entertain my DMs because they're sometimes so suggestive. Like, for instance, I could be scrolling through my DMs and be like, hey, this looks like a normal message. He's asking me how my day is. Let me open it. Oh, it's a dick pic. Never mind. So right away, I th- I thought it was heartwarming um, that he was afraid of losing me to a dick pic. <laughs> you know, he was very concerned that You know, you have thousands of people telling you how pretty you are, you're sexy, you're this, you're that. I understood because it's my Instagram usually is a big problem in my relationships. Um, Usually men don't like what I post on there, even though majority of what's being posted is what attracted them to me, but I digress. So, you know, I started to go out of my way to ignore my Instagram and even my Patreon to make sure he felt secure and to make sure he was getting my undivided attention and to make sure I was there for him so much so I forgot about me. I forgot to check in with me and to make sure I was okay and I felt secure and I felt happy. Um, At this point, when I started to ignore my Instagram and my Patreon, I mean, we really became inseparable. Um. And that's when things kind of started to go downhill, even though during this time, I mean, I fell head over heels in love because he was reciprocating the attention. He was telling me I'm beautiful, telling me everything a woman needs to hear in a relationship. And I was loving it. I never had a man that was so attentive to me. And I thought, well, I could give up 10,000 followers for just one person. What's wrong with that? And I think that's where things started to uh, fall apart. Um, Shortly after that, 
is when my Patreon pictures got leaked and were posted on a website. And I think that might have been maybe the second time I've had a meltdown in front of him. But this time it's an invasion of privacy. Before it was I forget what it was. Uh, I don't know why I was upset, but I told him I'm experiencing an anxiety attack. I really just need some space right now. Um, And he understood. I'm learning to verbalize things as opposed to pushing people away and they don't understand why. Um, So when my pictures got leaked, I mean, I really was emotionally distraught. I was so upset over it. Um, And this was right before my surgery, and I was already scared about my surgery, and I was really on edge and just completely upset. But because I put him first, even though I was going through all this stuff and so emotional, I still wanted to make sure he was okay and I was giving him enough attention. But he, it was like really strange. He pretty much only asked me maybe once if I was okay dealing with everything. And even though I said no, it was as if it didn't matter. And I know like a lot of people wouldn't understand what it feels like, but we had such a deep connection that I would think that he would understand and he would sympathize and he would be there for me more emotionally than he was. So The day I found out my pictures got leaked, he actually canceled plans with me to go out with his friends to a club. And I remember feeling like, okay, maybe he needs time away from me because, you know, I'm having, uh, you know... I'm dealing with a panic attack and it's emotional and I'm complaining more than usual. And maybe he doesn't know how to handle that and he needs to go out with his friends. Okay. And I even remember saying, um, hey, take lots of pictures with you and Matt. So it's like, I'm there with you guys. And his response straight up was like, nah, we'll see. It was like day and night. And I didn't know if I was pushing him away because, again, like I said, I was so emotional. I was crying. Or if he was out with another girl. Mind you, this was the second time that week he canceled plans on me. Um. Earlier in the week, um, on Wednesday, he blew uh, plans with 
that he had with me to go to the movies with his friends. Okay, fine. He said, we're going to reschedule on Friday. Don't worry. Friday is when I found out my pictures got leaked, and Friday he went out to a club with his friends. So um, essentially part of being – part of gaslighting, pardon me, is making an individual question their memory, their perception, their judgment, and evoking low self-esteem. That's exactly what started forming. And from then on, it, it, it was really bad. When I brought up my concerns to him, it was as if what I was saying was untrue or so outlandish. Um, you know, my concerns of him going out every weekend until 8 a.m. with his single friend, Matt, breaking plans with me twice. Even though he promised, I'm going to make up Wednesday to you. I'm going to spend all day Friday with you. He promised that. And even during the argument, uh, he was like, I rescheduled. Like you rescheduled, but then you canceled your reschedule. (laughs) He was trying to convince me like I was being too sensitive or too emotional or I was misinterpreting his text messages. I spent days going over the text between us, rereading, overanalyzing, everything. And at that point, I had no idea what to believe. I started even blocking people on my Instagram as a form of control since I felt like I had no control over anything, not even my own emotions. I blocked over a thousand profiles and totally became isolated from my Instagram and my Patreon. Um, I felt like everything was just all a lie. I didn't know what to believe. I didn't, my mind was so scattered. Then I deactivated my Instagram to kind of ground myself and get back to myself. But I didn't realize I was was being more susceptible to his control technique, gaslighting. Now, I should note that he didn't tell me to do any of these things. He didn't tell me to... um, block profiles or deactivate my Instagram. It's something I felt I needed to do because I felt like I was losing control of my sense of security. A psychiatrist, not mine, described gaslighting as projective identification, meaning the unconscious act of attributing something inside of ourselves to someone else. Sometimes the thing that is projecting is an unwanted emotion. So based on what the interaction is, the victim may feel angry, hurt, embarrassed when they really have nothing to feel 
angry, hurt, or embarrassed about. The victim literally gets stuck holding on to the baggage of uncomfortable feelings that they did not feel before and that does not even belong in them right now. Does that make sense? So Jack was canceling plans, becoming distant, one-word answers, really not even reaching out to me. Jack would sing to me all the time through Snapchat, like all these love songs. He would sing to me, and it was so romantic, and I just told him, please don't ever stop singing to me. And everything just stopped. And in my mind, I jumped right to cheating. This dude has to be cheating on me. There's no other explanation. And that's not something I would normally accuse someone of. Cheating on me? Really? So, I mean, I was really in uncharted waters I felt really uncomfortable. I felt completely disconnected. And I yearned for his attention more. I thought there's a girl out there that's entertaining him on the other side, like on the other end. I know I can beat her in everything. So I became more sexual. I became this super vixen for him and only him because I was desperate for the hypothetical cheating to stop. Mind you, I have no proof of cheating. I have nothing to go by except for his timeline of events that didn't add up. His ready excuses for things I wasn't even thinking about or mad about, he had already prepared. Screenshots of things that I'm like, why is he sending this to me? A conversation with him and his friends to prove that he was out with him and his boys when I didn't even ask for it. I was just desperate for him, for his attention. Um, I know that sounds crazy. And I feel, I feel crazy explaining it now because looking back, I'm like, I would never do that, but I didn't realize what was happening. Um, I tried breaking up with Jack several times. I asked for space. Um, I even put up boundaries. I tried to set boundaries, but he would give it a week, then mail me a gift or send me a text, or send me flowers. Fast forward to Valentine's Day. He mails me flowers. It's And it's a beautiful bouquet. It's flowers, a teddy bear, chocolate, and a little candle. And they were delivered um, directly to my house. I contemplated all day if I should call and thank him because 
lately I've been meditating a lot and more often to try to center myself, to try to find more happiness within myself and peace within myself and to become more mature with my emotions. I, um, I feel the need for more growth, more personal growth and meditating has really helped me evolve as a woman. Um, I made the decision to call him because I knew I had to, in my mind, thank him for the flowers, thank him for the gift, thank, thank him for thinking of me and wish him well and have a, have a pleasant life. Goodbye. And end it. That was my plan. So I called him. He answered, and when he answered, I realized he was in a club. And I can't tell you how heart-shattering that actually was for me. It's not like I'm one of these possessive girlfriends that's like, you can't go out with your friends. You need to make me your whole life. I encourage I encourage going out with your friends. I'm a Taurus. I social distancing is my jam. Go out with your friends. Go here, go there. But if for the last few months I've been expressing that it makes me uncomfortable when you go out with your single friend who chases girls around only to get laid, that you staying out until 7 a.m. makes me very uncomfortable as your girlfriend, as someone you want a future with. And leading up to this point, Jack has assured me that he would be going out less, that he would stay at home with me more, that he would change because he wants to prove to me he is the man for me. So Valentine's Day, when I call him and realize he's in a club, you can imagine just I I felt like I don't matter. My feelings don't matter. My existence doesn't matter. Everything that I've tried to express doesn't matter. I even opened him up to things I've dealt with in my past, like sexual abuse, sexual assault as an older woman and when I'm I'm 32, but you know, my early twenties and my teens and you would think that, um, someone who says that they're going to change and they're going to fix things that they wouldn't be out in a club on Valentine's day, but I um, immediately hung up on him because I didn't know I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know. 
I heard the thumping music and I'm like, no, this is a sign from the universe because I did ask for while meditating, I said, slap me in the face with the truth if this is not meant to be. So when I call and he's in the club, that was the universe's way of telling me, girl, he ain't right. He ain't for you. It was... um it was a very hard time for me. And before the time is up, I'm going to take a short break and come back and talk a little bit more about Jack and how shitty he is. (laughs) So go get a drink, go get some popcorn or something. We are in quarantine. We got all the time in the world right now. Be back soon. Thanks for sticking around after that little break. I had to put my cat Daisy uh, down for a nap because she was acting all wild that I wasn't paying attention to her. And I said, girl, listen, this is day one of literal quarantine. You cannot be acting this crazy because I'm doing a podcast episode. Okay. So just following up, um, Valentine's Day, calling Jack – calling Jack to thank him for the flowers, realizing he's in a club and I hung up on him. He called me back um, about a half hour later and he was in an Uber. Now, while I'm talking to him, I can hear girls in the background laughing and being loud, being obnoxious. And... He asks if he can call me in 20 minutes when he gets home to talk things out. And I say, fine. I waited. I waited for two hours, you guys. 
I waited two hours for this guy to call me back who was pleading. He was pleading with me. Please let me explain myself. Please let me just talk to you. Please just answer my phone call. And stupid me was like, okay, it better be 20 minutes. And I and I remember texting him at like 22 minutes and saying, I'm not waiting any longer. But of course, someone who has control over you knows that you're going to wait. Two hours. He never called. He never texted nothing. I sent him a series of unhinged, crazy, panic attack-infused text messages. 88 to be exact. I sent him 88 text messages. 88 text messages looking all crazy, looking like a crazy person, a crazy girl, a psychotic person. The next day he claims he fell asleep. Now mind you, this is somebody who has two cell phones, one for personal use, one for work. He works uh, in the Air Force uh, for protection, protective services. And he has a smartwatch. A smartwatch he does not take off his arm. That thing is on his arm all the time. So you mean to tell me you did not feel 88 text messages buzzing on your arm? He tried to make it seem that I was jumping to conclusions that he he never goes out. He barely goes out anymore. He doesn't go out that often. He's changed. This is somebody who goes out every weekend, every other weekend until 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. You're a 30-year-old man. If you still are going out that much, you're, you're not going to mature until much later in life. I knew, I, you know, in the previous episode, I knew like 24, 25, I was done with partying. I can't even hang. I cannot hang anymore. I'm 32. I'm going to be 33 in a month. I get asked out to clubs and bars all the time. I'm like, listen, if you're not asking me to hang out before five o'clock, I'm not going out. That, that's just a known fact. People know. Don't ask me. If it's an early bird special, I'm game. If it's brunch, hell yeah. If it's a club, eh, I'm not really down with it because I can't hang. I get tired. And since I moved, I have a very long drive to where Atlantic City is. I live approximately 45 minutes away as opposed to 20 minutes away when I used to go out all the time. You know, once again, I felt like I was losing my mind. I felt like I was being crazy again because he's like, I don't go out that often. I, you just happen to call me every time I'm in the club. 
Because I have that ESP. I, I know when Jack is in the club, let me call him and let me text him. What are you doing in the club? No. You just like to pretend that you are this perfect man and you're not. Then one day it clicked. It all just clicked. I started thinking about the November promise. Things would change. He would change. He would go out less often. He would often ask me, what can I do to make you feel more secure in this relationship? The last time he asked me that, I said, listen, if you feel the need to ask me that every argument especially now there's no there, there's no making me feel secure it's done i don't feel secure with you i don't trust you the trust is gone and i hate to bring up astrology because it's like a laughing joke like you can't blame your shitty actions on being a gemini gemini's okay so i know gemini's are fucking crazy stay away from me except for my bestie, Brooke. She's the least crazy of the Gemini's. Okay, thanks. I'm a Taurus. I can be emotional. I can be, I lash out, but it takes a lot for me to get there. He's a Virgo. So Taurus and Virgo are like matches made in Jesus's fingertips. And that's what it was at the beginning. But for me, as a Taurus, if the trust is gone, that's it. You are done. That's it. You're not going to get back to that special place that you had in my life. And if you're a Taurus and you're listening, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Trust for us is everything. Feeling a sense of security to us is everything. Jack lost all of that by not respecting me. And I thought back again to November and he's asking me, what can you make, what can I do to, to make you feel more secure? And I'm going to fix this relationship and I'm going to do what I can. I let him back into my life after that phone call on Valentine's Day to give him another chance because I'm dumb. Nothing changed. Our date nights didn't increase. In fact, they were non-existent. His text messages were not more frequent or more loving. He wasn't asking me how my day was. He wasn't asking me what's going on in my life. He wasn't interested in anything that had to do with me other than having me under his thumb again. In his mind, he had his Instagram model girlfriend that he can show all of his friends, hey, look at what this girl is sending me. Hey, look at this. Look at this girl. Look at her provocative photos that she sends me. Look at 
And look at me in the club being the big man, getting all the bitches in the club. But meanwhile, I still have this girl sending me photos because she's desperate for my attention. It finally just clicked. He used his credit card to buy my affection back. And it worked, but then it didn't work. It actually took a conversation I had with one of my followers who somehow knows or can sense when I'm pretty much falling apart. You know, he asked me if I was okay, like, how are things in your life? And I briefly explained how I felt trapped. I had zero sense of security. And that's all I said. And he said, what do you mean by feeling trapped? And I elaborated a little bit more. I I should mention that Jack, uh, he does work uh, for the Air Force and Protective Services. During one of our arguments when I said, I'm going to change my number, I'm going to move, he said, that his government job and what he does is so elite, I could never hide from him. Even if I moved, even if I changed my number, he could always find me. And then I felt scared. Because he is coming home in May. He said he will show up to my apartment in May regardless of the fact that I have text messages and emails and telling him, I do not want you to come to my house. I do not want you to contact me. Please leave me alone. He flat out said, you can't hide from me. And that's where I felt scared. I felt trapped. I felt like there was nothing I could do. But this follower of mine opens my eyes to what guests lighting is. And when I looked it up online and looked up the the warning signs of it, I'm like, holy shit, this is what this is what's happening to me. This is what I'm going through. And I've never ever experienced anything like this for someone to make me feel a loss of security so much so that I delete a thousand profiles off of my Instagram. People that have been following me for 10 plus years on social media, I blocked because I did not know who I could trust. Meanwhile, these people probably aren't leaking my pictures, aren't a part of the forums that I'm on, aren't a part of anything, but I didn't know who I could trust. I completely lost it. I completely lost myself. And a lot of this was during surgery, during recovery. So it's not like I was at work. I could distract myself. I could, I was home with my thoughts. I was home not knowing what was the truth and what wasn't. Having a conversation with this follower really just helped me start the process of me getting back to myself and not being like 
an outspoken bitch and fuck you and I'm going to screen cap this DM and I'm going to tag you in and I'm going to put you on black. No. Me getting back to me, centering myself, grounding myself, knowing that a lot of what I was feeling is not true. The imposter syndrome. He's not the only person that is going to love me. He's not the only person in the world that's going to show me affection. He's not my true love. We're not destined to be together. And the last time that I was trying to close him off, I really was so emotionally detached from him. He just kept repeating, I love you. You don't understand. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I'm like, this is not love. What I'm feeling is not love. The arguments we have are not love. You being in a club every weekend with your single friend, Matt, who is disgusting, apparently, who is so desperate to get laid while you, I guess, per his words, are sitting alone in a bar by yourself. Listen, I used to party every day in Atlantic City, out in the clubs, free bottle service, free limo, free anything I wanted. To this day, I still have the same treatment. I can walk into a club and get free bottle service if I want. I know that if a man is entertaining one of my girlfriends, that means one of his friends is going to try to babysit me and try to get with me or distract me from yanking my friend away from a disgusting human being who may have herpes. He thinks that I'm dumb. So when you tell me, oh, Matt's chasing around a girl in the club and I'm just waiting for him because I'm his designated driver, it's an insult to my intelligence because you're lying to me. I know you're probably babysitting her friends. You're probably entertaining her friends. You're probably getting her phone number. And again, this could be all a part of gaslighting. He could literally be sitting there at a bar by himself, not doing anything. But you're leading me to believe something else is going on. And also you're a bad liar and your timeline of events fucked you up. Mind you, I should add in the couple days after Christmas, he was in a hotel room with two women, one of whom is his best friend and a girl he tried to hide. He wouldn't tell me who she is, how he knows her. He just kept calling this young lady her friend. Come to find out, you know, I reactivated my Facebook because I'm crazy, looked her up and found out, oh my God, they met in October. Wow. There's lots of pictures of them together drunk. And you were in a hotel room with her? Drunk again?
What makes me think that you're not going to fuck her thinking that there's no way I'm going to find out? It's all of these actions and these events that led up to this. And thankfully for this person who, this follower who always just seems to know when things in my life are falling apart, thanks to him, I saw the bigger picture. Leave this motherfucker and never look back. Block him. Don't entertain him. You don't need him. If he sends me flowers, I'm sending it back. If he sends a gift, I'm sending it back. Have a nice life. You had your trophy model, Instagram model girlfriend. Now you don't. Go find another one. In conclusion to this episode, I urge anyone who is feeling a similarity to this episode and things I've described, if you're in a relationship or if you're feeling how I felt as a single person after a breakup, I urge you to know that you're not crazy that you are being emotionally manipulated by someone who feels the need to have total control over you and your mind. Take this time, this this self-isolation, this quarantine to get back to you. Blossom back to being happy. Blossom into becoming a better version of you. And it's hard, bitch, it's hard. It is hard, but I'm telling you, the other side is a strength that I've never felt before. I feel like if this dude texts me or somehow shows up at my house, I'm going to laugh right in his face and call 911. There goes your government job. Have a nice day. Nobody on this earth deserves to feel how I felt, except for like rapists and pedophiles and murderers. Well, murderers, like, let me hear the story of who you murdered and then I'll make my decision. Anyway, you deserve to be in a relationship where you don't have to question the other person's motives. You deserve to be 100% happy. Yeah, like nothing is going to be perfect. You're going to you're going to fight, you're going to have your disagreements. That's normal. But nothing like this. If anybody is feeling like that, I urge you to please don't let it continue. Be strong and break it off. Leave the emotional pain and set yourself free. It's amazing. Thank you for listening to this episode of My Crappy Dating Life with Z. Um, I know that 
it's really hard for a lot of people right now to be isolated and to be quarantined, to be stuck in your house. It's hard. I promise you things are going to get better. Do not focus on things that are out of your control, like money, your job, your finances. We're all in the same boat. We're all there. Take this time to get to to a creative outlet. Go for a walk around your neighborhood. Do something that you've always wanted to do. Start a podcast. Start writing. Start reading. People have stopped reading books. Start reading. Get back to you because you are important. Your mental well-being is important. I wish you all well. I hope everybody stays safe. I hope you all are free from this pandemic. I hope nobody, no one else is affected by it. And I really, really wish just the best for all of you. Stay well, stay safe, wash your hands. Please don't go out. If you do, wear gloves, wear a mask, cover your face. And let's ride this bitch out. We're in this together. And I'm not counting celebrities because they have these mall mansions. They can walk around 6,000 square feet. I'm in an apartment that's 1,000 square feet, which is fairly large, but I'm still feeling it, girl. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great quarantine. Oh, <laughs>